Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Hey, welcome. My name's Adam. It's really good to be here with you today and uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I thought before we get going, I got to give a few shout outs on Mother's Day. First to my mom, Debbie, who watches this time from time in Arizona. Love you, mom. Happy Mother's Day. And also to my beautiful wife, Dana. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you. I've uh, got to watch you for going on 16 years now, uh, being an incredible mom to our three daughters. And I'm so grateful for you and looking forward to celebrating you today. Hey, we're, uh, we're going to continue our, our teaching, this series called Resurrection People, A Church Like Jesus. And we started this teaching after Easter when we celebrated the resurrection of this man, Jesus. And in the weeks leading up till now and the weeks to come, we're looking at scripture, at the life of Jesus, at the words that he teaches, um, at the, the generations of people who followed him afterwards. And we are striving to be a church like Jesus. And so today, uh, we're going we're gonna to hit a topic that's a little bit challenging for some of us, and yet it's, it's very impactful. It's, it's a topic that reveals the heart of the Father. It's embodied in the life of Jesus. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it's a distinctive of, of Jesus' people, of a church like Jesus, and it's the virtue, the topic of generosity, of living to be a blessing, living for the benefit of others around us, for the glory of of God, generosity. So if you've got a Bible, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have one with you, you can follow along on the screen. Um, just to kind of let you know what we're going to be reading, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, chapter 5, 6, and 7, um, all record this famous message that Jesus gives called the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount hits all kinds of topics, generosity being one of those, and it's a pretty radical sermon. Uh, back then, nearly 2,000 years ago and today, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's a way of looking at the world upside down because it's, it's not talking about the kingdom of our world. It's talking about the kingdom of God, and, and it challenges you and I. And this portion that we're going to read today is about generosity. And the application of generosity in what we'll read today is about giving of, of finances, of resources to those in need. But the application for you and I will contain that, but also go a little bit more broad. Um, so, like I said, if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 1, and it, it, it actually starts with a warning that Jesus gives. In these first two verses, he, he starts with the first two words, beware. And he's talking about the pitfalls or, or, or the ways that we pursue generosity in the wrong way. So let's start in Matthew 6, 1. It says... Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others 
to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So Jesus begins as, as he's teaching us about generosity with a warning. He says, hey, beware to not practice this righteousness, to not practice generosity for the sake of being seen by others. Uh, that's, that's relevant for, for them now, but it's, it's also really relevant for us uh, kind of in this digital age where we all kind of curate a digital version of ourselves or digital version of our, our persona. Uh, we curate a, a personality in our social media and the ways we'd like to be seen and, and, and for, for people to think about us. And, and Jesus gives us this warning to not engage in this righteousness in generosity for the sake of doing it in front of other people. This makes me think of a, a story I came across a few years back about a very large company, international company that would have had tons and tons of discretionary finances. And they came um, to an impoverished part of an inner city in a city here in the US and they found an abandoned park and they, they pumped a few thousand dollars into just beautifying it and, and fixing it up. New play equipment, new sod, uh, new basketball court, just really good stuff. And, and they pumped money into it, but, but the story didn't end there. They then pumped tens of thousands of dollars, way more than they put into the park. They pumped tens of thousands of dollars into going and videotaping themselves doing this and creating an entire campaign about this good thing that they had done, really for the sake of, of being seen by everyone. And, and we all know that, that that kind of generosity, it actually sparks cynicism in our hearts. That it's something that, that we're leery of. It seems to have strings attached. It seems to be more about the giver than the gift. And, and Jesus is pointing at this saying, hey, we're going to look at giving to the needy. We're going to look at how we use our resources. But, but let's just first off say that we don't engage in generosity for the sake of being seen by others. He even uses this word, um, hypocrites, which we, we use that word and we know it means to say one thing and to do another. And, and the root word in the original language that Jesus used is the same root word to describe or name an actor on a stage. Someone who is just going through the motions of playing a role for expectations, but it doesn't actually represent their own heart. So at the beginning of this, as we're talking about generosity, the first thing that Jesus says is that this, this isn't something that we do just to be seen or to curate some kind of persona about ourselves. It's not in response to an obligation or, or a, of self-promotion or a means of control. Rather, generosity is the living, is the means of living to bless those around us for the glory of God with everything that he has put in our hands to Stuart. And I use that word because it's, it's pretty helpful for me, and maybe it'd be helpful for you to think of yourself less of someone who, who is in ownership of things and resources and more of a steward. A steward acts as an advocate for, for someone who actually owns something, and, and they act on their behalf, and they act uh, with their wishes in mind. 
my, my wife uh, was in for a, an interesting surprise after we got married and we got a house together and moved in. And I began to get all of my old stuff out of my parents' garage, garage which included all of these boxes of old stuff, I would call it valuables and things that are just amazing from my childhood. My wife called it my junk. And we had just these boxes of stuff that we, we moved into our house. And, and over the years, uh, through the, the grace of God and my loving wife, I've been able to let go some of these things and have reduced it down to, to four boxes that sit in the back of our closet. They sat in the back of the closet of our last house, the house before that, in the house we're in now, and probably in the house to come, and, and at some point will be an issue for my kids to deal with. And, and, and in those four boxes, it, it kind of contains what, what ownership for you and I is like. There's nothing that we hold on to that's forever. Even the very flesh and blood, the, the, the bodies that we have now, we have them just for a moment. We are simply stewards of what God places in our hands. So the question for you and I then, if we're stewards, if we're not the ultimate owners, what is the wishes of God with the things that he has asked us to steward and to be generous with? Let's continue on in in Matthew chapter six. After Jesus gives his warning, he goes on to say in verse three, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your father who who sees what's done, not for promotion, not to tell your own story, but what's done in secret will reward you because it's an outflow of your heart. Generosity is an outflow of a heart that has experienced generosity. It's an outflow of a heart that has been transformed because of a generous father who has been generous to bring and give us life. Later in this this famous sermon that Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter seven, he gives us an analogy that helps us understand the relationship between our heart and our actions. And the analogy he gives is is fruit trees. He says, "We, we know an apple tree And we call it an apple tree, why? Because it grows apples and an orange tree, oranges and a pear tree, pears. And and this simple reality that that the actions of our lives flow from our hearts. So that if we are truly to express generosity, it comes from generosity that we have experienced and has transformed our own hearts. You know, this series that we're in right now is called Resurrection People, and we're, we're pointing to that moment that Jesus went to the cross, went to the tomb, and was resurrected by God's power. And that same life that lives in him now dwells in us if we follow him, and he is our Lord, which means our hearts have been made alive because of the generosity of God. And Ezekiel chapter 36, and this was written generations and generations before Jesus as a promise for God's people, and it's fulfilled as prophecy in the life of Jesus. It says this, Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is what it means to be resurrection people. Because of the generosity of God, we now have living hearts and we now can be 
generous people. We can now live generously because it's coming from a place that God has brought his generosity into our heart. Now, does this mean that generosity can't happen in the world around us apart from those who have been influenced by Jesus? No, I, I don't believe so. I think it happens everywhere all the time. But, but this is something that's unique about people who have experienced life from Jesus. We are now living or called to live generous lives. Let me read a, a few words from you. This is um, from a, it's a story or a testimony from someone who was being baptized, and, and maybe you were part of our Easter gathering, and, and you got to watch this baptism. But there was a few lines from this story that, that I wanted to read with us today that, that really captures what it means to, to receive from a generous God and to be generous to the world around us. And it says this, I believe Jesus has solved the confusion within my heart and has started to direct my heart towards his ways, bringing my life into better alignment with the will of God. Learning this has changed me over time such that I have become more generous towards others and more forgiving towards others and also myself. I've also become optimistic that my life can bring hope, joy, and true goodness to the people around me. This is God's resurrection power at work in a heart that God has generously given. And this is the origin of generosity for you and I, a people after Jesus, a church like Jesus. From the heart that has received generosity, we now get to bring generosity to the world. Not as promotion, not as self-benefit, but out of hearts that have received generously from God. So it starts in our hearts then it becomes a matter of intentional living. And there's a difference between desires, what we hope for, what we dream about, what we like to see, what we hope happens in our life someday, and the, the actions, the small steps of obedience that we take when it comes to generosity. I listen to these words in, in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul wrote these words, and, and I'll just read verse 7. It says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Paul writes that, that, that each of us should give, that, that we should be generous with the thing that we have to steward, our, our, our time, our money, our, our creativity, to, to be intentional of heart of how to give that and where to give that, to not be compulsive or to not be reluctant. There are things that I have to give my money to that I am very reluctant uh, I just got finished paying taxes, and I'm very grateful to pay, pay taxes and to, to live in, in a country where those go toward the benefits of lots of others. But, but there's a reluctancy to writing that check sometimes. The instruction that Paul has given here is to decide in our heart to be intentional about how God can use us to be generous and to bless the world around him for his benefit and for his glory. A few weeks ago, we talked about the, the discipline of margin in our lives about not consuming up to 100%, whether that's our financial budget, whether that's our time, whether that's our relational capacity, that, that we're not consuming everything for us, but rather we, we create margin so that we can be a blessing for others, so that we can be intentional with what God has asked us to steward to be a blessing to those around us. This generosity is birthed out of our hearts that have received generosity, it's intentional, and it's almost always sacrificial. It, it almost always costs us something. 
this, this past summer, I was uh, cleaning out our shed and cleaning out our garage. I had all this stuff that I just didn't want, didn't need. Maybe it didn't even work in my mind. It was kind of just junk, and, and I wasn't sure how I was going to get rid of it. And, and I stumbled across this miracle. I found that if I went to Facebook Marketplace, took a picture of this stuff, and said it was free, and put it out on my lawn, within a day, phew, it's all just gone. It, it was a miracle. I got rid of all this stuff. And, and I'm sure to whoever came and got it, it, it was some kind of blessing to them. And I'm glad it wasn't just thrown away, but, but it was put to use. But, but I would be hard-pressed and stretching it to say that that was an act of generosity from me. True generosity, the kind that brings honor to the heart of God, it, it, it usually costs us something. Jesus tells a story that we read about in Luke 21. He's watching, or he's with his disciples, and they're watching people put, put their finances into the offering, and, and the wealthy are coming and putting large amounts in, and there, there's a widow who comes, and she puts just a little bit in, and Jesus says that, that the, the, the weight in the kingdom of God of her gift actually means so much more because of the cost behind it, that she's not giving out of an abundance. She's giving out of something that, that is actually costly for her, and it's a display of generosity. You know, there are many of us um, who, who this is our, our church home, and we give regular, off, uh, regular um, ongoing uh, percentage gifts um, in the form of tithes and the offering, and this is something we do out of obedience. It's something we do uh, to further the kingdom of God. It's something that we do as worship, and we talk about this e each week, and yet in doing that week or month, however you give, it, th there's a cost associated to that. My wife and I were talking about this not too long ago, about things that, 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 that we are saying no to and able to say yes to that. And, and maybe those things we're saying no to would be fun and good things, like maybe a vacation, uh, maybe new furniture, or, or maybe a toy that our kids want or, or something. And yet, it, it, we are feeling a call to live generously with God, what God has called us to steward. And doing that almost always requires sacrifice. Yet, living generously has impact to the world around us. Living generously, this outflow from a heart that has received generosity from God, it has impact. It, it firstly allows us as stewards to be more trusted. It allows us to, to, to be more trusted. Luke 16, 10, in, in a parable that Jesus is teaching, it says those who can be trusted with little can be trusted with more. This, this isn't a formula to make us wealthy, that we're, we're generous so that, that we can amass more wealth from ourselves, but rather we're, we're trusted more as stewards, that God can put more on our lives, more influence, more finances, because we are trusted as stewards to be a blessing to people around us. Let me tell you uh, two, two stories, two quick ones of where I've seen this happen. One is, is someone who's actually part of our church family, um, a, a man who has uh, served as a mentor for many of us. And he is a, he's a CEO, he's a businessman, uh, very wise, very influential, has done amazing things in his career. But, but one of the things that he's decided to do is to take what God has given him and has richly blessed him with, which is knowledge and wisdom of how to lead and manage and, and, and information about the, where the market's going, all these things, He's taken that and he's given it away. And, and as he's given it, God has blessed him as a steward who can be faithful and trusted. And another place I've seen this happen just recently 
is in uh, my, my in-laws home, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they, they have two biological kids and a handful of years ago, they just said, our, our home has to be for other people. It, it was a generous uh, uh, idea for them to say that, that we want to give what God has given us and open it to other people. So they began to foster and through the fostering process, they've had many children who have stayed with them for different amounts of time, some for short stints of months, some have been for years. Um, one who was with them for years and years and they have adopted and has become part of their family. And, and about 18 months ago, out of nowhere, they got a call from someone. It was a friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing. And they said, hey, we know this woman who just had a baby and, and she's not able to keep her. Will you guys take her? And in the spur of the moment, they just asked this family that. And, and in my mind, I was thinking, wow, God really trusts them. God really trusts the generosity of their heart to invest in their family in that way in such a short moment. When we live generously, God is able to trust us more and more. When we practice generosity, it also shapes and reshapes our own heart. Now, we, we, we live in a culture, we live in a moment that is obsessed with consuming more and more. And one of the ways that God combats that in our own heart is inviting us to be people who instead of consuming more for us, we live with margin, we limit ourselves so that we can give and bless others. And when we do that, it shapes and transforms our hearts. Living generously, also reveals the heart of God. Think about what's core to the gospel story, the story of God sending his only beloved son for you and I as a living sacrifice for you and I, generously giving. And it, it, it's a core theme of the gospel and generosity reveals the heart of God. I, I know for myself where, where I feel some of this challenge in this last year, a year and a half, where there's been so much instability and unknown and, and at times even fear, there has been a, a, an almost an impulsive desire within me to, to pull back into reserves, whether that's my time, whether that's my, my resources, to actually hold back and, and to not give and to not be generous. And I have felt God asking the question, how am I bringing, how is my family bringing glory to God with what he has placed in our lives to steward, to bring about glory for his sake and for blessing of others? Here in just a moment in our house gatherings, we're, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna take communion together. And it's been fun taking communion with my house gathering because um, we don't have bread and grape juice or bread and wine always readily available. Last week, it was coffee and goldfish. Uh, that, was, that was our communion, but, but we're, we're going to take communion together, and communion is a demonstration of God's generosity towards us, his gift that he has given us to bring life into our hearts. This is who God is, and if we are his people, if we are following in his footsteps, we are called to live as generous people. So here in just a moment, we're, we're going to sing some more. Uh, we're we're going to sing a song about surrendering to the goodness of God. And, and as we are singing and preparing to step into our, our virtual house gatherings, I want to leave you with this question. Where is God calling me? Where is he stretching me to live more generously? Father, thank you uh, for your word that, that, that you meet us wherever we are and your word brings life and it brings clarity and it, it always brings challenge 
And in this word, you are inviting us uh, closer to you um, and to follow you and to live like you as generous people. And we thank you for this day. We love you in your name. Amen.